Hello there. You're listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. My name is Alberto Puente. I pastor in the city of Sevilla in Spain, and I'm joined by my co-host, Johnny Pollack, a rural church planter in the west of Ireland. Each episode, we want to hear from different guests about what God is doing in different contexts in the vast expanse of Europe. And the purpose of this podcast is to be better informed and encouraged to know how to be praying. And by God's grace, plant more and healthier churches that thrive and flourish as they take the message of Jesus into a world that needs to hear of it. Welcome back to our podcast after a few weeks on Christmas holiday. It's good to be back and it's good to be back with my co-host Johnny. How are you doing? I'm I'm really good. I, it's been it's been a few weeks. I've missed you, Alberto. I know I've missed you too. I thought about you on Christmas morning, on <laughs> New Year's Day. Um, do you guys do Epiphany? We we call it Three Wise Men here in Spain. Yeah, well, I, but do you guys celebrate? What we did when we were in Mexico was Tres Reyes, and and then oh, yeah. in in Ireland we have yeah we've we've Epiphany, but we've kind of it's called Little Christmas. Uh, here what? and there's a, a tradition of of historically women having the day off after having worked so hard over Christmas and New Year. So so the guys are supposed to do everything that day. Um, but it's yeah, it's 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 a big deal here, but just for a different reason. Hmm. Did uh did you ever eat uh, roscon when you were in Mexico for the Reyes? No, holiday? I didn't. I didn't. Sadly. Do you know what that is? The Roscon, the Reyes. No, go ahead. Explain it to us all. Explain really? us all to it, it's it's like a it's a it's a uh, epiphany. It's kind of like a like a cake. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you said. Did uh, you read it? Did you eat it? I did. I did. Eat I did it. eat it. I did. My, my English is very I poor. I, well, I, I know that Santa Claus for the English, <laughs> and it's gotten worst. No, I did. Um, I, I ate the Roscon. I, I, I like it. Read it. Is there a is there Roscon, a reading bit? Roscon de Reyes. Roscon de Reyes. Yep. There we go. It's amazing. And you eat that with uh, chocolate, uh, like very uh, dense chocolate, very thick. Alberto, and it's amazing. It, it is the new year, and I'm trying to like lose weight, like probably many others. <laughs> so you talking about cake and chocolate is not is not helping me any, brother. Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, give me one highlight from your holidays. Tell me what was the most amazing thing thing that's happened over the holidays. I, I think rest. Um, we we always have a chaotic life uh, church planting has a habit of of working its way into every aspect of life and normally the first thing to go is rest and so having a time where where we we could be at home and close the doors and draw the curtains and, and just spend time with our family playing games and hanging out and sleeping in it it was a really good kind of refreshing time uh and inevitably you're counting down the days till the chaos starts again but uh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was rest was a was a really a really special thing for us this year. What about you? Same thing. It sounds like you described my Christmas holiday. Super restful. Um, very, very enjoyable. So yeah, it was great. We had a great time. But you want to tell us about today? I have a hard time describing today's episode. Well, I think we... The interesting thing is I, I was sitting... Uh, not necessarily like you thinking about me on on Christmas Day or New Year's Day, but uh, my wife and I were talking and we were kind of chatting about uh, a tradition we have in our 
in our house and and she thought it'd be a good idea for us to kind of spin it off into a podcast because when we get into a new year and before we kind of start uh bringing guests on um i was thinking about a tradition we have that on on the 31st of december every year uh we sit down with our kids and we have a bit of a party and we have some hot chocolate and some cookies and we we fill out a questionnaire uh, for for each of our children and so we talk about their favorite food and we talk about the toys they play with and the okay. tv shows they like to watch and, and kind of who they are in that moment and and so what we do on the 31st which is longer now because our our oldest child is is getting on in years uh, is that we go back to when they were were four or five whenever they began to see these things and what their favorite food was when they were six versus when they were 12 and and things like that so uh, we, we kind of chatted around that and we thought, well, what are some of the things that we have learned um, as we've taken stock? Uh, and in a new year, we we often look back at the year previously and look to the year ahead and we think, well, what has changed? Uh, yeah. What what things are we super passionate about then when we started our planting journey uh, compared to well, where we are now and, and what things have stayed the same? And so I suppose for us, to, to kind of chat back and forward, but then for those who are listening to kind of send in some of the things that they have learned and ways in which God has, has taken them on their journey. So I thought we could maybe look at two or three things each. Probably they will line up Great. a lot uh, for the both of us. Uh, but as we, you know, as we consider how we started our planting journey and, and maybe your life and your ministry and how things have, have worked out, what, what things have kind of changed in your thinking or what are some of the things that you've learned in your process as you've, as you've been on this journey? Yeah. So the first thing I would say, uh, coming here to Sevilla, um, and this is a, a, a advice I give to you know, most new church planters, and it's it's that being ready to see that five-year plan or 10-year plan you had for that church plan be completely burned to the ground, right? Like, mm. I remember Francisco and I, when we came here, we had a very clear vision of yeah of, of what we we thought was going to happen and how it was going to happen mm -hmm. um but then very quickly we saw that plan just completely yeah. destroyed by god <laughs> himself yeah and so i think that's one of the most valuable lessons uh not just as we planted the church here but also mm. as a pastor today as we think about plans for our own church at the end of yeah. the day, we, it's good to, I, I'm not saying don't have a plan. I think plans are, are, are yeah. a must. You have to have some vision and, and, and mm. some objectives, but you do have to be ready for that plan to be destroyed. And you have to trust God, yeah. uh, trust his sovereignty through it. And for people that, you know, planters like myself that are control freaks, um, it is so helpful for us. It's so sanctifying to see those plans uh, just come apart and yeah. see God work through very chaotic mm. and inexplicable situations. I'll give you an example of this. So we thought we were going to plant a church in the outskirts of town. We were so convinced mm. of, the, of the city because everything was so expensive downtown. And also we came from, you know, our previous church uh, was in suburban America. Mm. And so we thought we want a church in suburban Spain or whatever very Americanized view of, yeah. of, you know, church planting and every, every building we tried to rent on the outskirts of town, literally on the day of signing contracts, something inexplicable would happen. <laughs> like the architect 
and the owner of the building got in a fight, okay. like, <laughs> screaming, like fight. And, and, and they were both like, well, we're not interested anymore. We don't want to work with you guys. We don't want to rent the building to you guys. Yeah. And that happened three or four times, not with that same scenario. And it was very frustrating, but then God miraculously brought us to the center of the city, the thing we never thought we would do. And the church is planted in downtown Sevilla now. Mm. So that's, that's the very first thing I would think about. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of mine is, is relatively similar, although I, I'm kind of interested in, in you and, and Fernando running or Francisco Fernando, I'm doing Look, it again. Fernando. Uh, I know Francisco uh, turning the world upside down, like acts and, and, and acts and, and Paul going into places, starting fights. I think it was N.T. Wright that said, you know, how Christianity has changed. Uh, wherever the Apostle Paul went, they started a riot. Where he gone, they they served tea and cakes. Uh, you know, so you and you and Francisco are are are, are fulfilling that that New Testament church planting journey. I, I like to see that. But I think mine, one of mine, would be very similar. I know we kind of shared ideas before recording, but I think one of the ways in which we consider that is is to think of church planting like a roadmap rather than a time frame, because. Um, well, I don't know what it's like in in Spain, but in rural Ireland, uh, we we rarely we rarely stay on the same road for things because well, there could be a tractor, there could be some sheep, uh, there could be a tree blown down, and I haven't done a weather report yesterday, but it's pretty pretty uh, pretty stormy here at the moment, you know. So you have to be ready to kind of change direction and backtrack or go go for a detour. Um, and I think when we were starting. Uh, someone gave me that advice and, and we learned it pretty early on because, you know, you have all of these plans for where we're going to be at this time. And it rarely, it rarely in our planting journeys works out like that. And for me, the, the most challenging aspect was not things taking time, but it's when God speeds things up that you didn't expect. You know, so we, we started with a very small group of people and within three weeks i think we, we started off with with two ladies in our church and within three weeks we had like 20 people and i, I remember thinking i'm not ready for this this is this is not <laughs> this is not the way i wanted to do this and it was funny because i was chatting with mentors complaining that god was bringing people into our church um like a like a a, a reverse church planter you know not praying for people i was wondering why God was ruining my plan by sending me people. It was, <laughs> it was remarkable. Uh, but, but I think it, it did, it did help me consider what it is to, you know, as you said, to, to think about where we're, where we're planting and, and, and how that will look and how that will unfold and develop and, and to be careful about how we pace things Yeah, that, that going too quick, we can stretch ourselves and over, overwhelm ourselves or going too slow that we can, we can get stuck um, but as I, I started thinking about it, like a roadmap, mm. sometimes God takes us on little detours that we never expected. Right. And yet he does it for his, his plan and his, his purpose. I think Tim Keller said that God gives us everything that we would have prayed for if we knew everything that he did. Um, and, and I think so many of our plans, as you were saying, uh, I've, I've been remarkably surprised by the, the wonder of God's will and the unexpected things that, that, that I've, I've experienced. Um, yeah, I haven't got anybody fighting in my story, so maybe I just need to get better at this. What do you yeah, think? Alberto? Yeah. 
it's awkward, you know, when, yeah. when, when two adult men are fighting in front of you, uh, you don't know what to do, you know, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was incredible. I mean, uh, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes I, I think, you know, it'd be interesting if God moved me and my family into church plant. And I think of the, those first, you know, couple of years, mm. uh, it just feels like, uh, just the way God worked to get mm. that thing going was, you know, it was evident God was behind it because yeah. of, you know, stories like this. And they were all things we never planned. Mm. Um, so I think for church planters to understand that really savor those moments where God takes you in that detour and mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is going to be for your joy. This is going to be for your good yeah. and, and embrace it, embrace it. It's hard to yeah. say now, right? Well, yeah. that, that we're here, but I would encourage church planters to, to, to do that. Embrace that moment of detouring. Yeah. And so what what else I, I kind of I mixed mine in with yours and I think we'll probably do that as we go through but but in in terms of of what else God has has taught you in this this journey uh, what are some of the things that that, yeah. uh, that that else he's brought out So I think as I was fundraising for this this church plant and I was going you know looking for partners hmm. at times it felt like I was pitching a uh, like a business plan to yeah. investors, and you can you can almost forget that that church planting is more like raising a family than mm -hmm. it is. Uh, sometimes that feeling that you're you know entrepreneur, you're starting a business kind of thing or a project, you're presenting a project. So mm -hmm. I think for 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 me, uh, I think it would have been so helpful to remember that, you know, that fundraising stage and even the logistical aspects of moving in somewhere mm -hmm. are just the, you know, the first couple of months. Once people start coming into your community, into your church, whatever, however you start your church, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel more like the, the rest of the time you're going to be church planting is going to be more like raising a family, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and... and you know, it's going to be the routine of spending time in the ministry of war and prayer, shepherding with hurting people, yeah. comforting broken marriages, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And so I think it's important for, for church planters to, to really uh, not forget that eventually the work is going to be primarily people, not this, this project. And if you're an enthusiast of projects, because I know some guys that really love projects and mm. they love, you know, um, business models and things like that. Uh, if you don't remember that this is about uh, shepherding people, it's about, uh, yeah, being part of a family. The, the, I love the wording of, of Paul to Timothy and, and Titus, for that matter, in the mm. Pauline epistles. He, he talks about the church as, you know, entreat the older men as fathers, the older mm. women. This, family language. Yeah. It's so important to remember that as church planters that we are shepherding people. They're actually our family in Christ. And mm -hmm. that's gonna be really our long term job as pastors and church planters. Mm. And I love I, I love it's it's one of the things that we, we have to be careful of, I suppose having having planted and, and being a bit further on because now now as we sit and and we had we had Josh Walsh on explaining about the assessment process and, and sometimes when a plan is presented uh I, I have to be careful that i don't internally go 
that's not going to work, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because I have to remember back to whenever we started, I had all these elaborate, wonderful things that, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And we have this dynamic plan. And then about 15 minutes into it, you realize, oh yeah, that, that doesn't really work like that. It, we, we had, we were considering through what it means to be part of the church building with living stones. Um, non-living stones happen to stay in place when they're put there. Living stones have a habit of uh, wiggling about when you're trying to do things. And I think as we're part of the church, um, God has a wonderful way of of kind of those stones wiggling, shaping and, and uh, sanctifying us. So, yeah. 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 So in, in terms of, of how... You, so if if you were saying that, that that's how you kind of started off, what what did God do in your heart that that helped you to see, you know, people rather than plans and projects? Well, it was immediate. As soon as I think we had a similar experience than you did in that yeah. God brought in a lot of people right away. Yeah. As soon as you have people, that idea of, you know, this is a project that yeah. you've been fundraising for very quickly disseminates. It just disappears. Yeah. Because you have to, so our first people here were older ladies with mm. a, a lot of, a lot of hurt because mm. one of them was a widow that had just lost her husband and was dealing with very conflictive uh, children. Mm. And we had to become her spiritual children mm. and care for her and love her and provide for her. And so very quickly did I start to understand that my job as a church planter was that of a of being a, a, a godly family member to mm. my brothers and sisters in Christ, a more mature, you know, handling the word of God better than my brothers and sisters and helping them through those situations. Mm. So it, it was very fast that that, yeah. uh, that idea of the church as a project dis, uh, disappeared. Yeah. No, that's so helpful. Um, I think it's linked to, to one of the things that, that, that I have as well in that I think when we're, when we're pre-planting and I, 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 something I'm incredibly passionate about and that is, is, as you know, is books and, and we, we both read and, and it's a, and I suppose it's a habit that we all have that we, we read books and we read stories in particular of, of church planting. And it's so, especially within a European context, it, it's, it's easy to read books from places that are and more developed and in a sense, um, paint a more exciting picture of plans and projects and and strategies and visions and mission statements and, and and we can we can minister where we are with that mindset we can read books and and not realize that that's not always real life or yeah. else between the lines and experience of the author uh, they have they have wrinkles on their foreheads and and scars on their back and and they have calluses on their hands and and as much as we can in hindsight, paint a very beautiful picture of what plant, planting is like. Um, we, we need to remember that that our story is not necessarily their story, and we have to we have to plant where we are, and and I suppose among the people that God has placed us. I think it's good to to listen to stories, and as people listen to the podcast and the experiences of people, you know, from all across Europe and and guys in different different avenues, we can we can learn from one another. We can we can see shared experiences. Um, we, we've even chatted previously about the fact that both Ireland and, and Spain are predominantly Roman Catholic countries, but it, it's a different expression of how yeah. that, that works out. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way we can learn from each other, but if we try and read books and, and, and put that into practice, it doesn't always work. Um, 
and it's it's something that that the longer we've we've gone on here in Ireland, the more we see that it's good to be encouraged by other people's stories, but it's it's even better to be excited about what God is doing through through our story and through Amen. the stories that He has put in front of us. So, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting really interesting point. Um, I, I'm just going to go away now and and delete all the projects that I have for 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Burn them before they that's, get burnt. Yeah, that's all. That's our job here on the Actually Nine Europe podcast is to, <laughs> to cancel your plans. Yeah, burn your plans to the ground. But you know, I think it's interesting. It, it, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead now. No, I was going to say you were you were just talking right now about about books and things like that and how mm. they can present a very romanticized or very contextualized you know mm. to a specific setting. And I remember going to a to a city to city conference in Lisbon. Can I say city to city on this podcast? I think I can. there are other church funding networks available, just in case anyone is interested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I went to a city to city conference in Lisbon a few years ago, and Tim Keller, you know, wrote, wrote an amazing book. I would encourage anyone to read it. Uh, Center Church. Have you read mm. that book? I Center have. Church. Yeah. And I remember they invited a, a Portuguese pastor to do the introduction to the conference, Tiago Cavaco, probably the coolest pastor in Europe. He's like mm. a professional uh, musician. He's got, an, I mean, secular music. It's amazing. Really cool yeah. guy. Anyway, he gets up there for the introduction to the City to City conference and basically says, it's great to be here. Uh, uh, Center, I, I read Center book, book a few years ago. And I just want to say, Tim Keller, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. Like, it's easy to read Tim Keller, Center Church, or read, you know, Nine March of a Healthy Church by Mark Dever and say, mm. wow, I want that. That's, that's so amazing. Yeah. Well, that's not, you know, we're not in Washington, D.C. We're not in New York. I'm in mm. Sevilla. You're in mm. Ireland. We're in different contexts. Mm. But God's going to do amazing things here. Yeah. The gospel is going to grow here. But it won't look the same. I think it's so important to understand that. And and I think as, you know, we, we have a privilege within Acts 29 to, to meet guys. Um, it, it was so interesting. I had the opportunity to go with some guys from, from Ireland across to the, to the U S North American conference. And, and you were sitting in rows with people who have written those books and, and you kind of went and chatted to them and said, Oh, you, you made it sound so easy. And they just kind of looked at you and went, yeah, in real life, <laughs> yeah, you know, so for, for a Tim Keller, for a, a Mark Dever, for a, a someone else, the book tells, tells a, a fraction of the story. And, yeah. um, it's, as you said, there's a lot more behind the scenes that, that as we share our stories, that the fruit of that experience can come out in a, in a very concise way, but yeah. there are a lot of detours and a lot of dead ends in those before we figure out how to, how to put those things on paper. Um, yeah. So in terms of our, our last one each, uh, yeah. and, and have you saved the saved the best to last? What's your what's your I don't last? Know if it's the best, <laughs> uh, but I think it's very important. Yeah. Um, to surround yourself by a diverse group of brothers that can keep your feet on the ground and call you out when needed. You know, um, mm. to me that's been essential. I was telling you before the podcast about me not meeting a stranger. Yeah. And so the way that's played out in this, in this aspect is that by God's grace, I've been able to meet a lot of really godly, mature men, mm. my age and older mm -hmm. and younger even that have been instrumental 
to keep my feet on the ground mm. and to and to call me out when needed. And so, um, I think for me, it's, it's easy because of my personality. I just love meeting people, and and you know, like I said before, God's grace has been so good in that He's provided for that. But if you're mm. an introvert, maybe you have a harder time. You know, I would encourage you to just pray. You know, can you? Maybe you don't need a hundred like I do. Maybe you just need two. But mm. can God give me men in my life that can help me, encourage me, um, call me out in those in those seasons? Mm. Um, even even I would go. I mean, I have friends, uh, uh, John and Kyle. Uh, I talk to them regularly. They're not pastoring churches. Mm. Uh, they're a little younger than I am. But we, we get together and friend Fernando, my brother Fernando, we get together and um, <laughs> talk about church. Francisco. And, and uh, they're members, they're solid members of yeah. healthy churches. And they, they, they encourage me and help me see the members perspective or they just, they have nothing to gain from a pastoral aspect. They're, you know, they're, they're not co-laborers across town. They're not mm. planting a church. They're like, man, I don't know about that. I would, I would think about that again. Mm. And then have, I mean, I have, there's a couple of older godly ladies in our church mm. that the elders go to. They're like Titus to wise mm. women that we go to that give us such godly counsel. Yeah, They're so wise. And just having a structure like that, it, it doesn't have to be as big as mine because of how I am. It can be two or three people that you yeah. can pray for. That can, mm. that can use to 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 keep keep your feet on the ground during those those times of of church planting and for the rest of our lives, obviously. Yeah, and I think that that planting, especially in Europe, where where there is distance between and and maybe yeah, you know, maybe you're listening in today and you're in a, a small rural town and or maybe even you're in a big city and and just the sheer size of 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 people and and even though we we may have networks that are part of that we can. We can feel isolated and alone, and and so much of that is is just just reaching out. And I, I always think there's there's no greater testimony than saying "me too," than sitting with another pastor and say, "I really struggle with this," and for them to go, "Me too." Let's pray for one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's you know chat about things. And as you said, have someone who can both pick you up and who can knock off some of those rough edges and call you out. And and I think that's. It's such a thing that we can we can struggle with, not just as church planters, but even even as as humans. Uh, we we have a a wonderful array of social media apps, and yet we we are, have never been more isolated from one another in all of 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 human history. And so, yeah, I think that's that's such an important thing going through a a journey like church planting, which can be tough. And and I suppose. As, as all of ours are linked this is this is remarkable because as much as we saw this we didn't see this in too far in advance so it's it's wonderful how they are linked but i i think as well not overlooking the people that god has placed around you to do that i think you've said right. you know you've godly godly men and women in your church or in your community yes. sometimes we can think yes. well i need to talk to a guy who's you know two thousand miles away who's doing this or doing that and and sometimes we have people right in our churches who God has placed near us for a very specific reason. Um, when we started off, as I said, things, things moved quicker than I, I had anticipated. And I, I was almost complaining that things were going well. Uh, and there's a, a, an elderly lady in our, our church. Uh, 
she'll not listen to this because she's not really technologically advanced, but uh, <laughs> she's the kind of bedrock of our church in terms of prayer. And and I, I would be like, that's just, we're having to get extra seats and this is it's nearly terrible. And, and And she used to say to me, it's almost as if God knows what he's doing and we should just trust him. And and every time it, it was just a it, it has become a bit of a joke in our church, but it's it is that that sense of you know we're in a place we're in this family God has placed people uh, not just for us to shepherd and lead, but them to to kind of shepherd and, and and shape our hearts. And I think you know sometimes we can look at our church and think that well, I don't have remarkable people like this church, or you know I don't have the people that I think I need, and you know that we can. We can pastor a church that we think we want rather than the people that we actually have. And and I think that the longer in ministry we've been, the more not only realistic, but thankful we are for for the people that God has placed around us. Um I know when we started off there was that was that Instagram lens that, you know, you took pictures of empty chairs and it made it look like revival had come. You know, you can if you take photos from certain angles with the light shining, you know, and there's this temptation in church planting that that we need to make our church look like something because we are we are hoping to attract the gaze of people further afield. And yet the longer we've been planting, the more we've been thankful for what God is actually doing in and through the people that that we have. And and we are part of that too, you know, to to, to keep ourselves on the ground. I was listening to a podcast where someone had said that laughing at yourself is the sound of self-righteousness leaving your body. And I, I thought that was, that's a really good quote. Um, there's a joke in our church that I, I make a mistake every week and it's like a treasure hunt to find it. So I maybe have missed a slide on the PowerPoint or have a spelling mistake, or I ask people to start reading First Peter 3 and I start reading First Peter 2. And th- there's something every week that, that enables our church to see that, well, I haven't got it all together. None of us do. And yet we are sustained by, by God's grace and Church Mother God hasn't called us to be someone else that we aspire to be, but He has is called us and saved us to be to be ourselves. And we can celebrate that and share that with with those that He's placed around us. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important to have those people near you hmm. be that because I think people can, like you said, can see your church from your Facebook page or Instagram or whatever. Hmm. And you talk to them and they're like, wow, what you, you guys are doing an amazing job and uh, mm. this is great. Oh, God is using you guys. But then you talk to the people within your church and most of them don't have that vision of everything's going great. Yeah. There's always yeah. that. Yeah. What are you talking about? This yeah. guy? <laughs> He's a joke. Yeah. So I think having having those people in, in, in well, we have them in, in our here in Sevilla that have a realistic view of our church. Mm. That's that's you know some of them are more more optimistic, some are more pessimistic about yeah you know the trajectory of the church. But you need both in your life to keep your feet on the ground because mm. you know we can be so extremists, we can think way too highly of ourselves to think we're doing something when you know we're not, or we can think so lowly of ourselves where we're so discouraged, mm. and we need those people here that are like, no man, you you know. God's doing something amazing here. It may be small. Maybe it's not maybe significant to you right mm. now, but in the light of eternity, God's doing amazing things. So I think the people in our communities that God has placed, we need to value their, them, their opinion, even the grumpy, you know, your typical grumpy <laughs> member that's always complaining about something. Yeah, you need that guy there. He's, yeah. 
you need him there to uh, remind you that, you know, you're not as big as you think you are. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Good. That's, you that's a good place well. to stop, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you, see, you, you ended with the best. I didn't. You did. <laughs> no, you just burned down your plans and remember that you're not the greatest thing out there. I think that's a great, it's a great way to humble ourselves for the start of 2023. Yeah. 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 Just write that on your, on your refrigerator. Yeah. Put that as your as your backdrop. May God encourage you, brother. <laughs> well, um, listeners, we want to encourage you guys to let us know some of your planting journey lessons. It'd be it'd be great to hear from you. Yeah. And yeah, any any questions or comments you have, uh, we'd love to hear from you and interact. Do we actually have an email? Or I know Dan and, and Robo had it. Yeah, I, th- I think what what they said, as we'll say, is you know when we don't know something, we'll say we'll put it in the show notes. That's okay. what they used to do. It made it sound very professional. So we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, and you can you can access all of the social media of Axe Twenty Nine Europe as well. I'm sure. Yeah, and so yeah, write write us, tell us uh, what your journey lessons have been. We'd love to hear from you. Hmm. Um, and once again, thank you for for joining us today. Um, it's been good to be with you again. Yeah. It's been, it's been for, I think it's like a month and a half, Johnny. I, I, I know. I missed this more than I realized. This was great. Did you give your weather report? You want to say something? Because today's a special day in Ireland. What's, what's going on? Come on. Well, it's, currently, it's currently snowing in Ireland. What's so the temperature? I think it's like minus three degrees Celsius. Minus which is, three degrees. I had to defrost my car. So there we go. We've, we've even we even managed to squeeze in a weather report. I tried to get through without mentioning it, but you dragged me back in. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, it's 13 degrees here. Oh. But if you went outside and looked at people in the city, you would think it's minus two degrees. Because <laughs> we're so accustomed to 70s and 80s, or to uh, 24, 30 degrees. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, uh, hmm. once again, thank you for listening to us. Do check out the show notes, like we mm. said already. Uh, we'll put some things there, like the contact information. And we'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, share with your friends. Mm. And we look forward uh, to talking with you, Johnny, again in a couple of weeks and for you guys to listen to the next episode. God bless you guys. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to our next episode. You've been listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. Do check out the show notes for links to some of the things we've been speaking about. And we'd love it if you subscribe and share this with your friends. Join us again in two weeks.